0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another installment of the Rock Zone. Um, Mixing and matching Australian and American accents there. Um, We have a very, very interesting guest. And uh, I think I've already given a fair few listeners an idea of who that might be. Um, So without further ado, three, two, one. No one else apart from Mikey in the corner. Hello. Saying Rock Zone in. Rock Zone in. There we go. So, we're back into our normal episode format this week, with the one exception of me having to hold a fort by my lonesome. Um, Mikey is here, but he's made it very clear that I am the host. And yeah, he's only here for really No-Mates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but nonetheless, we've got loads of goodness for you. And uh, wherever you're listening to this, I'm sure you'll enjoy. So um, Ben is catching up with none other than High Rock's elite athlete slash last minute stand-in, James Kelly, hence the atrocious Australian accent. You uh, had the pleasure of uh, being welcomed to this episode with, and uh, we're going to get his latest from uh, the the inaugural Down Under High Rocks Rice. Okay. Um, other than that, we've got Nathan the Peachy Dish delivering us some more sexy science, um, but he's not here. I'm I'm delivering it on his stead, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's fine. There'll be sexy science nonetheless. Um, but before we can do all of that. Let's just, for one final time, reference Betty Crocker because right. it's, it's it's our favourite thing to do on this show, and it has been for the past two months. I've the only content we've got, to be honest, Max. Pretty much, pretty much. But let's not play down the amazing work Mikey did of putting together a uh, a workout podcast as such. What what do you want to coin it as? I'm going to call it a virtual
1: workout. That sounds a bit lame. Can we? All oh, right, sorry. Let's try something else. Um... The crocky crock get crocked work out. get
0: crocked fine okay we'll we'll circle back to it we'll we'll put a yeah, pin in that for yeah, now yeah sure but uh, nonetheless I'd like all of you to mark a day in your calendar and uh, listen to the bloody thing okay we worked we worked excessively hard on this one we took a we took a week's break from normal broadcasting to bring you something new so. Uh, even if you hate it, just please try it, okay? We- yeah, yeah. I would actually appreciate the feedback. I'd
1: love to know if you loved it, because if you love it, we'll do more of it. If you hate it and you're like, I literally don't want to do this on the tube, on the way to work or whatever, then then I'll I won't do it again.
0: Fine. Mikey's okay with that. He's crying, but <laughs> I promise you'll be okay with it. Um, should we get into the main part of the episode? Let's do it. Okay. He finished 8th in the High Rocks Elite Men's World Championship. He's one of the most passionate racers out there. He may or may not have injured Tim Bynesher's thigh. but Allegedly. uh, (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) But without further ado, it's the thunder from... No, let's try that again in an Australian accent. Without further ado, it's the thunder from Down (laughs) Under. Fucking hell, that's even worse than the first time. James Kelly! Here we go!
2: James Kelly welcome to the podcast oh my god I can't believe I haven't had you on already how are you doing
3: I know boys it's been um it feels like um I have been for some reason um on the podcast with you guys but I think that's because I listen to you guys a lot but um long time coming thanks for having me and uh looking forward to the chat
2: yeah it's uh you're, you're a very familiar face at a lot of high rocks races in uh, in Europe and the UK Um, We've sort of seen you not only just online, but actually come across uh, to Compete at Worlds recently. But anyway, before we get into all that, I think it's only right that we start off with uh, how we like to intro every person on this pod with some quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Nervous, but let's do it. Right. So question one. What is an everyday item you can't go a single day without? Um, Um... Single day without. Definitely
3: my uh V sixty pour over coffee.
2: What is your greatest High Rocks moment?
3: Probably the weekend, to be honest. What just happened in yeah. High Rock Sydney.
2: Yeah, big one big one in Australia for you this weekend. Um what world record do you think yeah, you'd have yeah, a genuine yeah. chance of setting or beating?
3: Um probably um the the high world record this year
2: (laughs) (laughs) nice nice very ambitious you got to set it you got to set the target um if you could throw a shrimp on the barbie uh with any sports person dead or alive who would it be and why (laughs) oh I'd, i'd have to go
3: an aussie because apparently we do we do that a lot down here um i'd probably go one of my heroes uh, he used to play Australian football, and that was uh, Michael Voss, an absolute hero in Aussie rules down here.
2: Michael Voss, very nice. And finally, would you rather have kettlebells for hands or have to burpee broad jump to move around? Oh my god, kettlebells! <laughs> <for> <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one that one.
3: Um, yeah, I I I don't mind the burpee broad jump, so I, I'd probably go. I'd probably do the burpees for life. Yeah.
2: Yeah, fair. So, so burpee broad jumping to the bar, I think. Yeah, just to the toilet. Very, very interesting one. That one, um, wicked. Those are your quick fire questions. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, I think I just want to come back okay. to that first one. What was the everyday item that you couldn't live without?
3: So, yeah, I I apologise. I didn't explain it. So, a V sixty pour over is like this little uti- like coffee utensil. Okay. And it's a reverse plunger coffee so you put the coffee on top ah. and that's how I have, I drink black v60 pour overs all day every day
2: fair enough that that's the rocket fuel that's what's done it for you uh, this weekend um so obviously that's exactly right weekend, exactly right the uh you just raced in australia's first ever high rock sydney event how did your race go
3: uh yeah boys I'm very relieved, to be honest. I I think the word is relief, uh, and I was fortunate enough to take uh, out the men's pro division. It was a uh, it was a great race and great weekend overall. Um, I've been secretly eyeing off the first Hirox Australian race for quite some time because, mm. um, obviously, being an Aussie, I kind of wanted to wanted to stamp my authority, I guess, down under and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of what, I guess, what happened. Obviously, it was an absolutely amazing uh, experience mm. to be racing up against um, high-quality elite athletes, um, the likes of Ricky Gerrard and uh, James mm. Newbury, and, you know, it was just amazing to see the Australians get a chance to race
2: yeah.
3: in a high-rocks race. And, Sounds yeah. like a
2: fantastic cohort of people.
3: Correct. And um, obviously the first one. So um, obviously most people, apart from myself and a few others, uh, were going into the race with an unknown element, and that was not having done a high ox before. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, um, it was a great experience. And and I'm the first to say that I strongly believe the Aussies are going to really get around the... The let's just call it the high industry, the hybrid racing industry.
2: Yeah, well, you absolutely smashed it. Just for everyone at home, what was your what was your time? What was the time to beat on the day? What was the what did it come in at?
3: So I did a fifty nine eighteen.
2: Woof! Let's go. Nice job, mate. Well done. Thank um, you. Taking it to the course now. What was it like for everyone that wasn't able to get down and have a look? Like, how does it stack up against uh, courses that you'd have seen in in Europe?
3: The course was. Uh, very. I'm just gonna say simply, it was very similar to a lot of courses in the UK and Europe. It was a three lap run course, and mm. um, from my from my opinion or from my view, the structure and the layout of the stations and then the rock zone was um, as simple and perfected as uh as well as they could have
2: done. Mm. That's, that's awesome. I guess, what would, you, what would you recommend to anyone thinking about racing next time? If there is anyone out there that listening to us in Down Under, let's say, um, that is sort of seeing this story unfold and wants to say, actually, this is pretty new to the market for us. Um, I'm going to give it a go. What would be your main piece of uh, advice? My
3: main piece of advice is to actually like have a look at all the categories because if you are thinking about doing it, and maybe a bit anxious about whether or not you should be doing it solo well why don't you have a look at doing doubles or even a relay instead and i mm. think from my end i think that's the best thing about Hirox is the um barrier to entry is not as high as other sports which is great yeah. absolutely yeah. great and yeah. i am so excited this year to do my first doubles at some point. Um, I haven't done one, but I'm so excited to actually experience what a doubles is, is like compared Mm. to a singles. James,
1: can I ask you, have you decided who your doubles partner is going to be?
3: Well, I've, mm, no, no. To answer that question, no (laughs) I haven't. Um,
1: So you're you're, you're auditioning for partners at the moment.
3: I'm auditioning to partners right now, and um, you've got until, you've got until Wednesday 7 p.m. to um submit your (laughs) uh audition form.
1: So, uh, people should send their videos to your Instagram DMs, should they, of them like on the ski erg and and their running splits and stuff like that.
3: That's exactly right. (laughs) Exactly right.
0: Oh, hello, Max here, and yep, we're doing one of these now. (laughs) <laughs> so, what am I here to say? Well, I'm here to give you a personal invitation from the Hyrox world champ himself, Hunter McIntyre, to come to his party on the 28th of August, Monday bank holiday, to the Builder Festival in London town. So, what can you expect? Starts very very PG with a morning coffee and is going to end in what I can only assume will be a bit of an alcohol-fueled mega party. Um But if that's not enough for you, there's a whole bunch of activities throughout the whole day, such as a sauna and ice bath, a workout with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Hunter McIntyre. And um, did I mention there's a line bike rally across the whole of London? Well, if you're not sold by now, I don't know what will. So head on over to the Builder Instagram page, that's Builder Sports, to get a full list of the itinerary and uh, hopefully see many of you on the 28th what will probably be a fucking great time. That's all. Back to Ben and James.
2: Oh, it's exciting that you have got doubles coming up. I mean, what else is on the horizon for you? Like, I, I think I heard a rumor that you might be coming across to the UK at some point.
3: Well, uh, that that rumor is true. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you can probably see behind me, boys, that uh, there's a lot of luggage, um, you know, like <laughs> a lot of packing, and that's because. <laughs> My partner Georgie and I are actually uh, moving to Germany. Woo! So, coming across. Yeah. Nice. Uh, And we're pretty much going on a one way ticket because why not more than why? And pardon the pun, but we're pretty much going to be living the hybrid lifestyle. So, nice. we might be in Germany for a couple of months. We might obviously come across to the UK at some point. We're just kind of going to take it as it comes.
2: Hmm. Well, now you're now you're in Europe. There's no excuse for you to fly across and come and hang out and do a Betty Crocker workout with us, and we can really get a benchmark test on your fitness.
3: I can't. I can't wait to do it. Um, to do your workout, boys. Um, in fact, I was actually going to do it um for my lead up in t- a- and preparation into um Hyrox sydney but i didn't so oh, nice um, i think i should be yeah i actually really oh i was gonna ask you guys who actually yeah. created it who actually was the brains behind the actual programming of it
2: it was uh it was a, a big back and forth with the team to be perfectly honest like we were all sat down and we were like okay well what can be in what can't be in what uh, makes sense so there's nothing that alienates a certain demographic but the uh the genesis was really like why don't people really test how long well how far they can do things instead of just doing it until they need to complete it on race day so um it's exciting that you want to give it a go mate you need to post it whilst you're in australia so that you've we've got our first australian time you can have the whole leaderboard there
3: <laughs> i can yeah yeah great well I enjoy um, changing up my training and my athletes' training a lot. Mm. And I do that quite simply by changing the style of a workout by time domain versus rep scheme. Mm. So I love the idea of working for a particular time, getting as much in, in that particular time, then moving on or then resting. You know, yeah. Rather than actually always going, you know, a thousand meters on the ski, a thousand meters on the road, mm. fifty meter sled push, fifty meters. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I really like changing the style and, and and the structures of workouts because I think it, I think it creates different stimulus number one, mm-hmm. but then also it, it 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 keeps people interested as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the overtraining, especially if you come to like, um, not overtraining as such, but if you were training for longer durations that you'd experience in a race, so for sleds, we were talking with the guys at Hyrox HQ, and they were saying like, not a lot of people train sleds for a greater amount of time than they would experience in a race. And that was kind of one of our light bulb moments where we said, Oh, well, actually, why don't we start to put time caps on this? Um, and allow people to know there's a finished time instead of feeling like they're just kind of trying to work against themselves. Um, but there's another thing, it's the mental the mental side to things. Like you've got, it's a different style of training, like you said, where you're actually playing those mental games of like, right, there's a clock instead of, oh, I need to, I'm doing it. And then I'm basically, I'm aiming for a target. I mean, what's the best training tip that you've ever given someone in all the all the coaching that you've been doing?
3: Well, I'm going to like just quickly state because it's kind of on the topic that I purposely ran and trained for a marathon which I completed four weeks ago because mm. I wanted to feel as if a 59 or a 60-minute was, um was nothing. Now mm. – you know, let's just dive into that. I'm the first to say you can't compare a marathon to a high rock. It's totally different, uh, totally different race. Um,
4: mm.
3: However, if 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 we're actually talking about time domain, um, my m- marathon that I ended up running. Exactly three hours, three hours and 26 seconds on the dot. Wow. Big. Nice. Yeah. Big. Well, like, I was, by the way, I was so annoyed at myself because I was only 26 seconds away from actually breaking the yeah, three I'm hours. Not. You have no <laughs> idea how annoyed I was. But training for that and also working out for three hours, a 60 minute Hyrox was nothing to me. Mm. there's absolutely nothing didn't touch the side so my biggest training tip is actually the theory of overload and overloading training mm. and you've got to start with the running volume um you've got to start with your aerobic running mm. so you know i can easily say and proud to say that my running on the weekend felt so much stronger, so much smoother due to the fact mm. that I
2: raised my aerobic ceiling roof. Mm. What, what t- sort of typical things would you ever talk about with clients that would cause them to be able to do that? Is it extensive periods of like aerobic training? And if so, like what, t- what type of exercises?
3: Well, I'll give you an example. You know, let's take the running component Most of my athletes who are racing in October, November, which is, let's just say, two months away, they still have one aerobic long run per week Mm. between 60 to 90 minutes, dependent on who it is. Mm. So to sum that up, I personally think, dependent on the athlete because that is the most important thing you need to make sure that everyone is building a solid aerobic base before touching any other elements of hyrox. Mm.
1: is that the most important part of your workout week then doing that sort of long based aerobic training would you say is that kind of like the workout that you'll always program in Every week
3: no matter what. Great question, Mikey, and I'm glad I heard your voice for once, mate. <laughs> um I um to answer that question, the the first thing I'll say is depends on where you're at in your training mm-hmm. cycle. Or where you're at uh in terms of uh what's the word? Yeah, you're like periodization yeah. is so important. For training for a Pyrox. So, um, if you are three months out of your race, definitely the aerobic running specifics of your training is is the most important. Leading into Mm -hmm. your race, about a month out or less, Mm -hmm. that's when the compromise running workouts, the threshold running workouts, and also, obviously, the high rocks specific simulation style workouts are probably going to be more important than your aerobic long run, if that makes sense.
1: Perfect sense. Yeah. 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 It's getting more and more specific as you get closer to race day is essentially what you're saying. Yeah,
3: exactly. Exactly. So,
2: to, to take a flip side on that, like, what's the biggest mistake that you see people making?
3: It's so, this question so easy to me. The biggest mistake that I see is people think that they can do high rocks training uh, 24-7 all year round.
4: Mm.
3: Now, uh, yeah.
4: what that, what that means
3: to the listener is people are doing compromised running high rock simulation workouts all year round where your body just gets beaten up by doing that and to the point where you'll get to a point where you will be lacking intensity more than anything. I I personally think, I, and I'll give you an example, I I don't touch compromised running until six weeks out from a race.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's so, really interesting.
3: Yeah, and, and that's worked for me. And I should have started off by saying in my opinion and also this is from me being my own experiment and I've experimented in the last year with ways to train for it, different periods of doing this, doing that, and what I've found is if you want to peak at a certain time, you need to make sure that you are doing things or not mm. doing things three months out, two months out, one month out, not just doing the same thing mm. at those different periods, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm such a big believer that the most important aspect to fitness, health, and then when we go into high rocks especially, is your mental fitness. Yeah nothing else matters if you're not mentally tough and that mental toughness is different for everyone mm. and everyone's reason why is
2: different mm. does that ever link to in your training um with your clients what aspect or how do you ever sort of help them prepare for the mental aspects of sport is there ever a link there that you create
3: i try to as much as possible because As I said earlier, my coaching is personal and individualized. So my role is actually trying to understand the individual on a personal level more than anything. Mm. So when I understand the person and how they tick and how they view things, that's Mm. when the magic can happen because I can really dial the the training and and what they need personally, mm. to the point where I know how I can get the the most out of them.
2: Mm. And I suppose that's only ever really done by asking questions and sort of getting to know them as people more than just uh, just a a transactional interaction.
3: Exactly, Ben. And and I'll be the first to say the most powerful thing that you can do to get to get to know someone is Ask questions,
2: which is fantastic. Because guess what? The community has got a load of questions for you now. (laughs) (laughs) We've uh, we've actually reached out and uh, put out on our socials uh, for people to ask you some questions. Obviously, I've had the privilege of uh, being able to get pick pick away at some right now. But the um, if you if you'd like to hear them, uh, the first one comes from Andy, who asks, uh, "What does your recovery routine look like?" Do you sauna or ice bath?
3: Thank you, Andy, for the question. To answer that question, I do ice bath. Mm -hmm. I do not like ice bathing, but I know it helps a lot. Mm. My tip, however, to recovery is nutrition. Ah, Nutrition is the most important thing about recovery. Mm. So making sure that you are eating enough Calories, enough food to fuel not only for your next session, but to make sure that you are refueling from the last. And I don't think a lot of people do that correctly. I think they think mm. they do, but making sure that you you are getting a balanced approach as well, and and uh, getting enough carbohydrates and proteins and fats but making sure that you are eating after your workouts as much as possible to recover, but also to fuel mm. you for the next day and, you know, your next
2: workout. Mm. I think it's um, it's. – I'm, I'm going to deep dive a little bit on that, especially when I ask you our, our very final special question uh, at the end of it. But um, to, to, to give everyone a fair shot, uh, Sophie <laughs> – has been asking how do you split up your workout sessions each week? Like, how many running sessions do you do versus strength sessions? If that is how you approach it.
3: Yeah, thanks, thanks, Sophie. Again, this question is answered by dependent where I'm at with my training. And and just an example when we we're talking about periodization before, if it was a month out of my race or from my race, sorry, I'd be probably doing a speed session a week, running, uh, interval session a week. I'd be doing two compromise running sessions a week and then two strength sessions a week. However, Sophie, if it was four months out from my race, I'd be doing Mm. a lot more single running workouts, which means just running workouts. And then I'd be doing a lot more pure strength workouts and specifically Mm. targeting individual aspects of the race.
2: So it depends on where I'm at, Sophie. That's a brilliant answer. I think so- Sophie should be happy with that one. I definitely am. I've learned a few things. <laughs> um, Dan has asked, uh, how do you approach your running training? Um, do you do intervals, tempo, and zone two sessions? I mean, this is, maybe I can add to this as well. Like, are you someone who uses a fitness tracker? I love to ask about fitness trackers. Um, or do you, are you, do you run by feel?
3: Great, great question, Dan. I make sure that I try to do all the different types of running workouts that you can as much as possible. Again, I'll go back to what I just said to Sophie, depends on where I'm at with my training, but making sure that you're across the board with your aerobic zone two running, your threshold work your and and your speed work. Um, there's a difference between your threshold interval work and your speed work as well. Mm. So I guess Dan, to to kind of sum that up, depending on how far away you are from racing, you want to make sure you're trying to do those three most weeks
2: anyway. Variety is the spice of life. That's correct. Um, the, The final question we've actually got in from a member of our team, uh, from Nathan, uh, the Petri Dish, um, our our in-house science statistician, let's say, and fantastic member of the team. Um, But Nathan has asked, he's actually been looking at your times from Sydney, uh, and he has asked, I noticed your ski erg time in Sydney was a lot faster than your previous races. Have you been putting in a lot of training on your erg fitness?
3: Nathan, uh, great question, and and thanks for asking, mate. Because to sum that up, absolutely, I definitely have. And how do I put this politely slash not giving away too much information as well? I've become a nerd at trying to work out what stations are the most important, mm. and mm. to answer that question. My stations that are the most important are different for yours, Nathan, and Ben and Mikey, right? I've learned over time and experimenting that the ergs are more important than most of the others for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And on top of that, Due to the fact that I wanted to stamp my authority early, Nathan, my ski erg was definitely a lot faster on, on the weekend.
2: Yeah, Nathan's actually been digging around a fair bit in in looking at, at your race, and he has uh, some strong views as well, which I'm sure we'll get into in the latter half of this pod uh, when we have him on to talk about the Sydney results. Um, so you would say that the ergs are the the ones that are most important for you like why would that be so if you were to compare it to well sorry let me rephrase that the historic thinking has always been if i was to make up 10 seconds on the rowerg, for example that amount of effort that i've exerted would actually be to my detriment in the run after do you do you think the inverse of that or like where where are you sort of finding the the improvements
3: so to answer that i i do think the inverse of that because of me as an individual athlete right Mm. i guess where i've come from my conditioning is very aerobic
2: oh back to that ceiling yeah nice
3: yeah and also due to my conditioning i want to make sure that i'm using my strengths i'm 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 developing my strengths even more and more
2: Mm. yeah it's an interesting take but what you're saying is the the fact that you know your strength as an aerobic athlete. It makes sense to not sort of cop out on an erg station, but to actually say, "Look, this is my strength. I'm gonna go for it." There.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and I say this to my athletes a lot that I'm I'm the biggest advocate to work on your strengths and actually make sure that you just hustle the way through your. I, and I never use the word weaknesses. Hustle the way through mm. the rest. And I use the word hustle. You just want to try to hustle, hustle, mm. hustle, get the work done. Focus on your strengths.
2: Yeah. That's nice. It comes back to that mental piece of like what why idea of a weakness?
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and look, here's another one. I say to my athletes, I say to myself that there's only a hundred wobbles. Not there's a hundred mm. wobbles. Yeah. That framing. That that yeah. word only is so key because guess what? As soon as you pick up that ball, guess what? There's only ninety-nine. And only then there's 99. only yeah. ninety-eight. Yeah. Exactly. That's Not wicked. oh. There's ninety nine left. And look, mm. it's a word, but tell yourself there's only a hundred now.
1: Mm. Is that your mantra throughout the race? James, or do you have a specific phrase that you say to yourself?
3: Mm, I don't have a specific phrase. It De- depends where I'm at in in the race, but I know for a fact that um, I really try to stay cool and calm and collected on the runs, and that's what I kind of tell myself, cool, calm and collected. But to go back to it, that word only is so key like telling yourself it's only a hundred in training is so important for the lead up to a race because i promise you as soon as you get to those wall balls in a race your mindset will take over mm. more than your actual physicality so if you've been telling yourself it's only this only that oh it's only that it's only this then when the time comes that your mentality does take over guess what it'll say it's only a hundred let's go
2: i love that i love the coaching piece to it with like you're training that mental side um that's really strong um dude i think for, for one final question um and like the, the the best question you'll probably ever get ever i mean it's something that's definitely on my mind a lot of the time is um what is your your post-race cheat meal what's your go-to meal after you've raced
3: i knew this was coming by the way boys my post-race fueling is a whole box of muesli oh i absolutely love my muesli but the type of muesli that i love i try to steer clear of it during a preparation for a race so as soon as i finish a race i get stuck into a whole box of muesli and when i say a whole box i demolish a whole box of muesli
2: <laughs> yeah right i think i'm, I'm getting hungry now but I'm, i need to, I'm, I'm not having it as a post yeah. meal, i'm just having it as a as a meal so <laughs> james <laughs> exactly you've right. been absolutely amazing thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us especially with the time difference for everyone else at home you must obviously appreciate the fact that it's like james is in australia guys like Thank you so much for coming on. Um but before you go like is there anything you want to um plug at all?
3: No, not not really boys. Just just want to say thank you for having me on and um you know I I hope we can uh, touch base at an event at some point this year. Yeah. 100%. And uh Hopefully we can uh, have another chat soon.
2: Yeah, definitely. The next time we'll, we'll get you uh, get you in person um, or maybe do a, a muesli uh, eating competition or we'll, we'll spice things up. Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Throw a beer in there. We don't need That sounds good. <laughs> that
4: sounds
2: Fantastic. good. Fantastic, James. It'd be an absolute pleasure. And uh, we will definitely be speaking to you soon. Best of luck with the move to, uh, move to Germany, mate.
3: Thanks, boys. We'll talk soon. <laughs>
0: What a great chat. Don't you agree, Max? Totally. And it's not like it was recorded this morning while I was in work or anything like that. I've listened to all of it. Yeah, so Max literally doesn't
1: know what's going on in this episode. No clue. Um, So a couple of highlights I found from the thing. So James Kelly, he's looking for a doubles partner. He said he's going to do doubles. And I asked him, uh, uh, is he auditioning people? Should we slide in his DMs? So, uh, you know, I'm straight up going to be in his DMs. Oh, oh, right. Okay. So
0: you get first dibs. You, you control well, when this pod can. goes out, but you're going to make sure you yeah, get first dibs. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, sorry, James. You've got no, right, no, okay. no take up from it. And mate. tell me, is this like a specific location or is this, uh, uh, is he literally like the the James Kelly we know he, and love of like, you'll get on a plane
1: and jo- well, go wherever. The thing is, is what you've also missed is James is moving to Germany. What? Yeah. Oh. He's moving to Germany. So he's, he's, well, by the time this pod's out, I think he's already in Germany. You know and what? So good,
0: good, for him. He can't keep flying over to Europe. That's that's got to be too costly on him. Yeah, on his mind, body, and wallet. I as love well.
1: the way you you you're worried about James Kelly's finances. Hey. That's so cute.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, you know, someone's gonna. You're <laughs> happily to Like, oh, Mr. Future doubles partner. Yeah, fly on over from dear and under. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully we'll see him.
1: I don't know. Maybe Birmingham. Okay. Which will be cool. Yeah. yeah It'd be really good to have him over. But there. you've
0: already signed up to race
1: in Birmingham. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just excited for him to. Well, that's going to be when I lay it on thick with him. You see, oh, you right, know, right,
0: yeah, right, 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 you right. Know, naturally, naturally. Okay. Like sure. build on the
1: bromance. Yeah, 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 that yeah. Does what have I, exist. Here? Oh,
0: no, I know, I <laughs> know. I thought it was Ben
1: doing the interview, not you. <laughs> no, I, that's literally the only bit I spoke in. Oh, all <laughs> <Yeah>. right. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I'm milking it. Hey, guys, I was on the pod too. Yay. Yeah. Okay well tell me what else what else did he say um just a really cool thing he's talking about mindset so instead of when you get to like the wall balls, going oh i've got 100 ball balls to do Mm. he says think about it like you've only got 100 ball balls to do so it's sort of just like it's like making it seem like a smaller task and it just really changes the way you look at it right uh, okay so reframing it yeah reframing it and i was just thinking you know like that you know i've heard him and particularly hunter talk about like how it's 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 a game in the head really Really high rocks. You know, mm. there's to, so many moments when it totally sucks, mm. and if you're just like thinking, "Oh, it's only it's only a hundred to do, mm. it's only this, it's only that," mm. and he's like, "He." What What I found really interesting, he was talking about doing that in training. So okay. it's like training your mindset ready for race day because I think well, a lot yeah. of the time you save stuff like mm. for the race, like you save your. But he's talking about training it in training, which
0: I just I well it makes sense. You're training your body. Oh yeah in yeah, training yeah, yeah, yeah. so why not train your mind yeah, 100 okay. yeah, yeah, percent. Okay. yeah 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 okay. i like that well i can't wait to listen to it myself <laughs> <laughs> um okay well we've not done this for a little while on the pod but uh, it's it's high time we get back into the data zone and get sexy with science play what i hope will be a new jingle mikey please <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
4: Place that idiot scientist under arrest.
1: Yeah, we've heard that one before. I didn't do a new one. I was
0: about to say. Soz, guys. Ah, I remember this scientist one. Yeah, okay. Well, start the start the new season off with uh, old content. Great. Thanks, Mikey. Let's forget about <laughs> the Betty Crocker workout. That I did, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so keeping in theme with uh, today's Australian-themed podcast... Our Instagram post this week revolved around comparing the age-old rivals, British versus Aussies. Yeah, it was like the High Rocks version of the Ashes, I thought. mm Mm. and lord knows no one cares about the ashes <laughs> god we've lost a lot of listeners wow. for saying that Wow. <laughs> no so give you to give you a bit of context thoughts and opinions are of max's and not of the rock zone podcast true true completely removed um so what we uh tasked nathan with is comparing the latest uk race which was london kensington olympia right yeah um against the inaugural sydney race and uh the results are in and it seems that across all categories, the Aussies pushed the fucking sled way quicker. Yeah. I mean, pretty much decked us in every workout I've mm. noticed. Yeah. Mm. And then what? Well. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Hold on to that thought, Mikey, because um, Nathan rightly pointed out that there's uh, a lot of guys instantly in the comments saying, oh, what's going on with the sleds? And, you know, why Why is it that the, the Australian sleds are on skates? Um, but as it turns out, the sled pull was done, on average, faster by the British? Yes. So you tell me, Australia, how does that make sense? No, hang on. I'm having a go at the wrong people. Britain. Britain would be complaining, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, doing what we do best. Yay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, I thought that was really quite interesting. Like, how, how can we explain that? Well,
1: I have a theory. So a lot of the Aussies, it was their first time racing. Mm-hmm. So I'd expect them to go off the gun super fast. Yeah. Hit the ski really fast. Yeah. Then hit the sleds really hard. Yeah. Then I would expect them to blow up red line. And then mm. therefore the sled pull would be a nightmare. The only... Okay counter thing to that is then they come back hard and they beat us again true like i'm looking at the the following workouts
0: burpees look good the row look good yeah i mean the the differences aren't as pronounced but clearly the aussie boys and girls push the sled faster
1: yeah yeah i have one thought which i don't know holds any validity and it's a shame nathan's not here but obviously there was a lot of people in london Mm -hmm. And there was less people in Sydney. Right. So I wonder if the sample size, just because it would be bigger numbers, whether you would have... If you had more people, there's more a a greater range. Oh, yeah. And therefore, that would affect... That will undoubtedly... I
0: I don't need to be the resident data scientist of the rock zone to tell you that, uh, you know, there's power in numbers, certainly. mm. So, uh, interesting. Yeah. We welcome any and all conspiracy theories, as always. And... uh, a healthy debate, shall we say. Yeah. So please do go over to our Instagram at Rock Pod to see the visual representation of uh, what we were just speaking about and um, make your own mind up. And while you're there, guys, how about you check out some of our other sexy stats? And uh, more specifically, if you go into our bio and navigate to our link tree, what you'll find is a juicy 10% discount code uh, of all your Hyrox races. We've done a very hard job of tracking down every single Hyrox franchise in the world to make sure that our discount codes work. So the UK is looking a little bit like close to sold out now, I think, but fear not. There's there's plenty of other locations you can still go to. Um, What else is in there? Our race planner? Yeah. So, it's race season. I expect everyone to be coming to an event fully prepped and prepared for their race. Rockzone calculator in hand. All of the all of the splits nicely laid out for you. And there's there's no reason we shouldn't see everyone race exactly one hour twenty or one hour thirty, because that's what you've put in. Um no, I could of course. Um please do us a huge favour. If nothing else, just hit that subscribe or follow button for the pod we appreciate it so much mikey works so hard to put these things together
1: <laughs> you're really like bigging me up in this episode <laughs> yeah.
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna tell tom and ben they can't come next week that's true it? that's <laughs> true um and of course if you've not already listen to the betty crocker workout yes episode. please do that is something that i am
1: with you today. Mikey's future pleading, on the yeah, Rock Zone. I'm depe- making it sound
0: like it's been an absolute failure. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mikey's future on the Rock Zone is dependent on this. You, you've no idea. You're pushing it so hard. Guys, we need to do this. So, you know, if you want to see Mikey around, got to listen to it. <laughs> Thanks again, as always, for listening, and we'll catch you the next time, hopefully with a few more of the Rock Zone hosts. Um, but I'm going to count myself out again. Three, two, one. Rock
4: Zone out. Rock Zone out.